I'm Martin Schubert with Schubert Farms in Lincoln, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. It is great to have you along for another edition of Texas Ag Today. Why don't you jump on in with me and buckle up? We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, we've got a new year just around the corner, and in that new year, we should have a new farm bill. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos, and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. With a recent rebound in Texas High Plains wheat, farmers need to be thinking about fertilizer strategies for later in the season. I'm James Hunt, and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll get some advice from a local agronomist. A recent report indicates that Texas rural land sales have fallen more than 25%. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have more details on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The nation's largest farm organization is looking forward to the new year and a new farm bill. Jessica Domel caught up with American Farm Bureau President Zippy Duvall last week in Kansas City. The American Farm Bureau Federation is already looking to a new year and the new farm bill. We caught up with AFBF President Zippy Duval last week at the National Association of Farm Broadcasters Convention in Kansas City. He said the organization's farm bill priorities will be set in the coming months as farmers and ranchers representing their state farm bureaus vote to set priorities and policies at the national convention. There is some fine-tuning we're expecting them to make in our policy, but I would tell you that through our Farm Bill Working Group and their recommendations, we're going to be making sure that we protect crop insurance and trying to broaden it to other commodities because it's the cornerstone of our Farm Bill. I look for our delegates to look at Title I and see with high input costs that we need to make some adjustments in those targets. And then, of course, conservation with all the money that's being pumped in there for climate smart practices which is to us is conservation. We look to continue doing that work because our farmers have proven that they'll, if it's voluntary, market-based and incentive-driven, our farmers will volunteer to keep doing the things that they've been doing for decades. And then the piece that we don't talk about enough is the research and development dollars that need to be spent to bring those new technologies to the farm so that we can continue on that climate smart track. The delegates to the national convention come from each state convention. The Texas Farm Bureau annual convention will be held in Waco December 2nd through the 4th. 
Duvall said the grassroots work done there that starts at the county level really impacts what is done nationally for U.S. farmers and ranchers. Every minute they spend in policy, modernizing our policy, seeing if anything's changed, because agriculture changes every year situation change. That's why we have to go through this process, make sure that we've updated every policy so that when we go to, to the Hill, whether it be a grassroots member coming to Washington or whether it will be one of our experts that are lobbying for them, we go in and we speak in from a policy that's been renewed at annual convention. It is absolutely the most crucial thing that we do. The organization has outlined some policy priorities ahead of those meetings, including protecting current Farm Bill program spending, maintaining a unified Farm Bill which keeps nutrition programs and farm programs together, prioritizing risk management tools and funding for both federal crop insurance and commodity programs, and ensuring adequate USDA staffing capacity and technical assistance. Another priority is that any changes to current farm legislation must be an amendment to the Agricultural Adjustment Act of 1938 or the Agricultural Act of 1949. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. With a recent rebound in Texas High Plains wheat, James Hunt tells us farmers need to be thinking about fertilizer strategies for later in the season. Earlier this week, Texas A&M AgriLife agronomist Calvin Trossel told us recent rains have put much of our Texas High Plains wheat in good shape although more moisture will be needed as the crop progresses. Something else that can help is a top dressing of nitrogen later on in the season. Here's Dr. Trossel's advice on the timing of that application. You reach a point where the growing point that's down inside the stem transitions from producing another leaf to switching over to reproductive growth. So it starts the development of a very tiny, it's hard to see for the first few days, but it grows. And that is the initiation of a head and the development of that head. And I'll show farmers some pictures of what this looks like. And that is really the siren, the call for top dress nitrogen timing. And so we'd like to have our nitrogen not merely applied to the field, but in the root zone at the time when that growing point begins to differentiate because good nitrogen fertility and, of course, having adequate moisture means that you can get more spikelets per head, which that means a larger head, possibly a few more seed per spikelet. These two things added together certainly can boost your yield potential. However, Dr. Trossel says for dryland wheat farmers, their top dressing timing may have to be adjusted depending on the rain situation. At next week's Amarillo Farm and Ranch Show, Dr. Trossel will have more to say on top dressing and other wheat-related topics during AgriLife's CEU workshop on Tuesday. For more information about that event and other activities, search online with the words Amarillo Farm and Ranch Show 2022. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. A recent report shows a slowdown in rural land sales here in Texas. Tom Nicoletti takes a closer look. According to the recently released Texas Land Market Latest Developments by the Texas Real Estate Research Center at Texas A&M University, rural land sales volume fell 26.5% from mid-2021 to mid-2022. 
to uh, offer some observations about these numbers, we go to Tyler Jacobs. He is with Hall & Hall LLP, a partner broker out of College Station. And Tyler, uh, certainly uh, these are uh, numbers that we uh, take notice of. And uh, of course, uh, you want to talk about those first three quarters of 2022. Absolutely. You know, the Real Estate Research Center does such great work there at Texas A&M, and uh, it's always good to look at these numbers. I don't think any of these numbers are catching anybody by surprise that is in the industry, but uh, when you break it down, there's some interesting things to observe there. Acreage size is up, uh, gross sales up, but uh, the price per acre is also up. Yeah, you bet. You bet. And I think the reality is, is, is that we're at a break point on the number of sales. And so, first three quarters, we had about 850,000 acres trade hands, which is up three or four percent. That totals $3.6 billion of reported sales, which is, you know, reflects an average per acre value of $4,286. Interestingly enough, Tom, the third quarter numbers just came out and that per acre price has jumped just a little bit more even though sales number, number of transactions continues to fall. It's more of a lack of supply than it is a lack of demand, I think, is what we're seeing in the field. And and at least on the larger transactions, which have such an impact on numbers like these, the smaller transactions statistically will have a lesser impact here on these averages. But as far as the larger parcels go, there's just so little offering out there that it's affecting the number of sales. And then, of course, there are uh, the interest rates and how they are playing a role in all of this. Depending on when you mark your calendar, interest rates have more than doubled in the last 12 months. And so you've got, for most of the buying public that would borrow money, you have a major impact on their demand and motivation that they're bringing to the market. So it's a pretty interesting dynamic we see right now. The reality there is even from a appraisal point of view is if you just take a year to year valuation of these price per acre points, you know, in most of the regions in Texas, the real estate center also noted a 20 to 30 percent year over year appreciation if you exclude far west Texas. And that's notable. It's like you've got all these all these data points colliding at the same time. I don't think anybody really has any speculation as, as to how this is going to shake out. That is Tyler Jacobs with Hall & Hall in College Station. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas Parks and Wildlife is increasing anglers' chances of catching a fish this winter. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have details coming up on Texas Ag Today and joint injections are common in performance horses. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, visit tfbhealth.com. 
We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Joint injections are common in performance horses. Dr. Bob Judd says there are now some new options for horse owners. Corticosteroids have been used for decades in horses' joints to decrease inflammation and pain associated with arthritis. However, there are side effects that can occur, including an increased risk of infection in the joint due to the injection as corticosteroids lower immunity. Also, corticosteroid injections even in the joints can increase the risk of horses developing laminitis in susceptible horses that are overweight or have Cushing's disease. Dr. Florent David indicated in the horse publication that he previously used corticosteroids in 80% of his cases and now only uses them in less than 50% of his cases. He is concerned that corticosteroids can mask pain and allow the horse to fully load the joint, resulting in further injury. A new option is the use of polyacrylamide gel in the joints that is used in human facelifts. The gel helps horses with early-stage arthritis and may help prevent joint damage in the future. Regenerative medicine is becoming commonly available and includes stem cell therapy, as well as biological therapy that stimulates the body to produce natural products to treat inflammation and promote healing. Concentrated products containing platelets, conditioned serum, and protein solutions have been shown to support healing rather than just reducing inflammation like corticosteroids. It is also helpful that these natural products last longer than corticosteroids. One disadvantage of natural therapies is the time it requires for a response, as the response to corticosteroids is just a few days, while natural therapies require several weeks at least, and the cost of corticosteroids is much lower. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas Parks and Wildlife is increasing anglers' chances of landing a fish. Jessica Domel tells how in today's wildlife report. To create unique fishing opportunities for Texans throughout the winter, the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is stocking catchable-sized rainbow trout in fishing ponds and rivers now through March 3rd. TPWD says the plan is to stock more than 337,000 rainbow trout in city and county managed park ponds, the Texas Freshwater Fishery Center casting pond, and several rivers, including the Frio, South Llano, Guadalupe, and the Clear Fork of the Trinity River. Rainbow trout can be caught using simple light tackle or on hand-tied flies using a fly rod. Anglers can use a variety of baits and lures to catch rainbow trout, including worms, commercially available pastes, corn, spinners, spoons, flies, and more. TPWD Rainbow Trout Program Director Carl Kittle says rainbow trout are great to take home and eat. He says the Rainbow Trout Program has been a favorite of anglers in Texas for more than 40 years. Because rainbow trout cannot survive in Texas after the winter, anglers are encouraged to keep up to their daily bag limit of five trout. For anglers on the Guadalupe River, please note that special limits are in effect for parts of that river. Texas anglers can fish for rainbow trout in Texas state parks from a bank, dock, or pier for free without a fishing license. TPWD encourages anglers who hope to fish in a state park to reserve a day pass in advance. Children under 17 can fish for free across Texas. Outside of state parks, adults must have a fishing license with a freshwater fishing endorsement. 
the winter rainbow trout stocking schedule is available on the TPWD website. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Our agricultural markets were closed on Thursday for Thanksgiving, so we'll take a quick look back at how things wrapped up on Wednesday. We'll look at all of Wednesday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. After my first car accident, I feared the biggest damage would be to my wallet. I expected a mountain of bills and a long, drawn-out process. But my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent was there when I needed her and helped me get back on my feet and in my car in no time. Instead of a hassle, I got reassurance and a quick recovery. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an agent who's there when you need them most. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We saw mixed results in the cattle market on Wednesday. The cattle futures trade was lower, but the cash trade jumped higher. We'll start out with that futures market. The cattle complex ending strongly lower, both live and feeder cattle in the red on Wednesday. December live cattle dropped 45 cents, 153.35. The February down a dollar, 155.42, while April live cattle were down 77 cents, 159.12. Even bigger drops in the feeder cattle market. January feeders off 242 at 179.25. March feeder cattle down 222, 182.35. April feeder cattle down $1.87 at 186.05. As I mentioned just a minute ago, higher trade on the cash market. Cash fed cattle taking a big jump higher on Wednesday. Looks like the Packers were short bought coming into this week. And the feedlots made them pay up. Here in the South, we sold cattle from 154 to 155. That is four bucks higher than last week's weighted average. Up north, they sold dress cattle at 245, and that's three bucks higher than last week. Boxed beef prices lower Wednesday. Choice down 407, 252.56. Select down 85 cents at 233.33. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. I used to do business with a fellow named Buck Butler. Now I do business with the boys, Gary and Rodney. Of course, Rodney operates Beeville, but Gary is the ramrod at Nixon. Gary Butler, how did this Monday sale go? Uh, we had 442, uh, 122 cows and seven bulls. Two and three weight steers, $1.47 to $1.75. Heifers, $1.22 to $1.43. Three and four weight steers, $1.39 to $2.03. Uh, heifers, $1.06 to $1.53. Four and five weight steers, $1.45 to $1.95. Heifers, $1.29 to $1.91. Five and six weight steers, $1.47, $1.90. Heifers, $1.27, $1.58. 
six and seven weight steers, dollar thirty-two to a dollar sixty-seven, and the heifers a dollar twenty-three to a dollar fifty. Seven eight weight steers, bull yearlings, dollar twenty-nine to dollar forty-eight, and the heifers a dollar six to a dollar thirty-three. Slaughter cows got seventy-six for the best cow. Slaughter bulls ninety to a dollar six. Didn't have any palpated cows to mount that thing, and we had one pair bring eight thirty-five there. One thank everybody for uh, bringing their cattle and, and all our customers and our buyers and I hope everybody has a safe and happy Thanksgiving. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Gary Butler. You can catch us here at Sale Barn Larry, 830-582-1561 or 62. Catch me on mobile, 830-857-4330. And I know of about 50 to 60 calves coming for next week and I imagine we'll have a little bit bigger run if the weather permits. Good deal. Thank you, Gary. Thank you. Bye-bye. Good night. Neighbor, that's our livestock auction market report for today. We'll see you next time right here as we walk the pens. I'm Larry Marble for Texas Ag Today. Thank you, Larry. Back over to the futures trade now where lean hogs close lower on Wednesday. December hogs dropped 30 cents, 83.95. The February down $1.27 at 88.80. Class 3 milk was mixed. Nearby November contract up a penny, 21.04 a hundredweight. While December milk was down 69 cents at 20.31. The cotton market had a wide range of trade. In fact, we were sharply lower early in Wednesday's session. However, we had a comeback and ended the session higher. A weaker U.S. dollar, a strong Dow Jones, and higher grain markets all helping to push the cotton market back into positive territory on the close. March cotton up 48 points, 82.90. May cotton up 43 at 82.20. December 23 cotton up 31 points, 77.93. That weaker dollar also helped corn and wheat. We wrapped up the trade on Wednesday with December corn up six and a half, 663 and a quarter. March corn up seven, 666 and a quarter. Same thing on the wheat market. Slightly higher to wrap up the trading session Wednesday. December Kansas City wheat up four and three quarters, nine thirty and a quarter. December Chicago wheat up two, seven ninety three and a half. In the energy markets, December natural gas dropped fifteen cents at seven fifteen. January crude oil down thirty five, seventy seven fifty nine a barrel. The financial markets were higher Wednesday afternoon. The Dow up 95 points at 34,194. The Nasdaq up 110, 11,285. The S&P up 23 points at 4,027. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.